from the heart of the Forest City, focusing on the biggest stories in London, this is the Craig Needles Podcast. Now here's your host, Craig Needles. The Craig Needles Podcast and the Friday Roundtable here at ClassicRock981.com, LondonNewsToday.ca, and wherever you get your podcasts, we're there too. The Craig Needles Podcast, of course, is brought to you by Clearview Autoglass. And the, this week on the Roundtable, we are joined here in the studio by former city councilor Cheryl Miller. Elizabeth Pelosa, the City of London's budget chair, is here, as is political insider Ryan Goss. Hello, everybody. Thank you for coming in today. Hello. Hello. I want to put my radio voice on. <laughs> Happy Friday. Yes. I don't want to sound old and tired. <laughs> oh, do, do we? Do I sound old and tired? No. I feel old and tired. <laughs> Uh, let's uh, let's get to the issues this week, and I think the biggest thing that happened this week was uh, and, uh, something that occurred at, at City Hall, and that is a conversation about which communities are and are not hitting the province's housing targets, and London is in an are not portion of that. But the mayor kind of shot back this week and said, well, that's not necessarily all up to us. Of course, we need people who want to build and, and things along those lines. So, uh, Elizabeth, I'll ask you first. You, you were there. Uh, I don't think you would have been obviously surprised to note that we aren't hitting the province's housing targets. But what was your reaction to the discussion that followed uh, that particular uh, revelation? Yeah. Like, they're large targets, and I get that the government's tried to incentivize it, and they're trying to push municipalities and strong mayor powers and everything else that they're up to. Yeah. But, you know, our job is to have planning applications processed on time and do what we can to work with developers. We can't force them to build if the housing supply chain market has changed of rentals versus ownership. Some people are holding on to property. Sometimes it's literally just the supply chain issues of the materials coming in. And then when the government, I've had a couple developments that council had actually approved that I was excited for in my ward, highly supportive of them and infill, absolutely. And went back recently to developers and said, great, you're approved. You had equipment on site. It is now gone. What is happening? And they said, oh, the government's incentivizing different things. We're talking behind the scenes, might come forward with a different proposal. We're just on pause right now. So that was the government changing things that developers were planning on going forward on, who have now paused to see if they can do something different with better returns. Well, it always feels as though the, the you know, I, I know this, the political lexicon is, is red tape and that sort of gets blamed for this stuff. But there, there have been some material changes here. Cheryl, does the city of London need to do a better job as far as creating the atmosphere for building? Does the province need to be doing this? Uh, what, you know, we get this failing grade. Why do you think we got it? Well, I think it's really interesting because as far as I'm concerned, we're in a growth mode in London. The best I've seen in a long time. I mean, this council is embracing development, homes, every opportunity that you can to build, they're embracing it. I mean, I mean, we'll go back years ago when we had the killer bees, there was no development, and we're actually paying for it right now. And people don't realize that development is long-term. Um, well, I just asked the builder of the, the new apartment building on King Street beside the, <clears throat> the hotel, they're going to go in the ground, and that's 1,190 new apartments. So that's going to go in the ground in the spring. So there, there's all kinds of opportunities. They just have to be grabbed. I think the government, quite frankly, and I'm glad Rob's there, and Rob's got some good staff now, they're going to have to look at this differently. Building, opening a door is completely different than having, having a permit let, having the developer get the money and start building so it should be counted when the scoops in the ground 
That's when they have to start it. Uh, Ryan, uh, your boss, Peter Fragascato's housing is very much in his purview right now. With mm-hmm. uh, uh, So when you hear this type of conversation, which this is between the province and municipality, but what's your reaction to it? So um, I'm actually going to give Rob Flack and Doug Ford a lot of credit on what they are doing on the housing file. Minus the green belt, we're not going to get into that. That's a whole. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole other issue. But but in terms of making it, in terms of taking stuff out of the way, and and that red tape that you just referred to, that they deserve credit. Like they are, they want to build houses, just like Minister Fraser at the federal government wants to build more houses. And we're speaking the same language, and we're working, and we're working together there. What I will say, Craig, is you asked, is you know. Is there problems with inside City Hall? Um, I do believe there is. And I want to clarify what I mean by that. I actually have to give the councillors, the one sitting to my right, a lot of credit. She is pro-building. She's very much pro-building. Many of her colleagues are pro-building. And and I want to be very careful. I'm not, I say build, 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 but I I also say build responsibly. I'm not saying like, let's not do the towers of spite and stuff like that, that that neighbors have to live beside. And over farmland and stuff like that. 100%. There are standards. However, I will say, I talk to a lot of developers. I talk to a lot of home builders and I talk to a lot of the 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 I guess the extensions of those industries in my day job and I time and time and time again um, I hear how difficult it is to work with city staff um, on various developments. I will give a huge shout out to uh, Scott Mathers. He's doing a great job. He is trying to make he's trying to turn the ship but I heard someone refer to it as it's like turning the Titanic right mm-hmm. you can only turn it so much right and he's and he's really he's also it's hit an iceberg so he's also trying to stop it from sinking so I, I really want to say that they're working on it but Cheryl mentioned it takes years if not decades to really you know turn things around there so I think the city really has to put a focus on being creative finding a way to yes instead of finding a way to no and I think that starts with council and we're seeing council push staff that way and challenge them and and have them and have them have productive dialogues with them but i think we have to be even more creative i'm not saying i have all the answers or i know what the silver bullet is but we have to turn over every rock because at the end of the day when we look at our immigration targets when we look at the fact that those people need places to live when we look at the fact that the affordability crisis that we're under we need to be creative and we need to start removing red tape and and that'll take all levels of government but we Everything need more from cheap staff. money and and policy. Okay. But we need more staff. We're right, like at the city of like, London. We oh, need more staff. Yeah, in no. the planning department, absolutely. One hundred percent. There's and there's a lot of new young people in there that are doing cracker jam, drack, cracker jack job. There you go. <laughs> 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 um, they're doing they're doing you know balls to the wall. They're just <laughs> right in there working. We just don't have enough of them um, because that's what's backing up. Is getting the planner to work for it. Yep. Uh, I know that staff said to you, uh, Elizabeth, that you know London's not alone in this particular quote-unquote failing grade. I think of the 20 biggest cities in Ontario, 18 are in the same category as London and something along those lines. So it's not as though this is just a, a London-specific problem. Yeah, no, it's not. And I would just add on, as we discussed, uh, Mr. Mathers, that um, we'd heard and a lot of councillors are taking the time to meet with developers, hear the public feedback and actually implement and, as you said, push, push for change and things we haven't done that in the first quarter of 2024, there's going to be a public-facing hub office opening on the second floor that planners uh, will be available to help with the permitting process. As some people said, I just need that face-to-face contact to someone to meet with and discuss. When I go in on my time, at any time I walk in during business hours. So Q1, the renovations are ongoing right now for that can open. 
um, to help with permitting and applications and building inspection inquiries. So that's another part of the puzzle of what's going on. But as we said, for the development, like we can approve it. The climate's absolutely right in London. We're growing yeah. at unprecedented rates. We need the housing and all mix of housing. People say, you know, just stop with the single family homes. I'm like, no, I need those of various price ranges. I need the towns, the clusters, the mm-hmm. condos, the apartments in all areas of the city. Like people need to be able to work and live where they choose yeah. and, and what I, they can afford. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like that's the problem though. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Elizabeth. I just want to jump in, jump into that point too. I think that's she, Elizabeth said something very important: is that we need all types of housing. And I think if we all open Twitter or X or whatever <laughs> we're calling it now, it's almost like certain types of housing are, are vilified. And you know, well, you know, we can only build a certain type, or it all has to be truly affordable, or you shouldn't be building single-family homes. No, we should be building anything and everything because you know there's a whole bunch of different segments to the market that need different types of products. So we should be incentivized builders to build to build everything and to really encourage them to to, to to frankly cultivate a strong relationship so when the city is short on stacked townhouses for example or they're short on whatever the product might be you say to that developer who you just approved a neighborhood for hey you know we worked with you here we fast track things here we got it done we need you to look at this and they might say okay yeah sure we'll look at that next or hey have you talked to cheryl or elizabeth they're they own companies and they're working on that project and maybe they want to come from edit town we need to start making it more of a collaborative approach instead of saying it's it's us versus you and make and just putting hurdle after hurdle for developers to um to build their product at the end of the day i really hate it when people are like oh well that developer's making so much money off that apartment of course they are like of course they're gonna make money they're in business for crying out loud we shouldn't vilify the fact that they're doing that what we should expect from them is when they're making that money that they also want to be a partner so i'll give a private example we saw that what york developments did recently on the forks of the thames project 600k it, to indwell and you know what and then i have to say a certain city councillor stood up and was like it's not enough he didn't have to give anything it for crying out loud zero he, he could so then peter Cuddy stood up and 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 I was I was actually sitting in the gallery and and uh, that day don't ask me why and uh, I, uh, I I I listened to what Councillor Cuddy was saying he's like well first of all this developer didn't have to give anything bonusing is gone he didn't have mm-hmm. to do anything which but he I will say you gave a little bit of credit to the Ford people earlier bonusing being gone has been a very negative I think it had a very negative impact on policy uh, housing policy in the city of London. I I would agree however yeah. I would say that it has sped up certain parts of the process but I think that yes there needs to we need Toronto didn't like it so bonusing went and then other places in the province kind of felt some heat from that because it was working in other places no. and London was one of them. And I, and I, yeah. take, and I take your point there, yeah. but we're, we, we are where we are. So we have to make sure that we cultivate relationships with these developers so that they want to be, they want to continue to be good community partners because right. so many of them are. Yeah. yeah. Well, Not all of them, but a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. King Street's going to have uh, two of York's down the, the, the yeah. river and then the one across from the market and then with the new one by the hotel, there's going to be another one, so we're going to have a and lot. And there's uh, the the Centro going up, and uh, the mayor did a video from the top of Centro the other right. day, which is now yeah. the, the, the tallest, tallest building in London. Yeah. And uh, I walk by that every single day on yeah. my way into the office. So when I started here in uh, February of 2021, it was basically a hole in the ground. Now, 
38 stories off the ground. So, so it's, it's well, it's, just it's a plug that yeah. that that building, those towers going up, are one of the first investments through the uh, rental construction financing initiative through the federal government. Peter, right after the 2019 election, announced I believe it was 130 million approximately that they that they gave for, for so that that project and, and that's a loan. That's cheap money, right. and, and I think that. Craig, to your point about what what do we need to do to kind of spur that yep. further along? That's what I think the feds and the province need to look at is how can we offer cheaper money now? Um, whether you know whether we whether we look at a program through through infrastructure, whether we look at you know trying to come together federally and provincially to create a fund that uh, allows us to get developers cheap money because that's the biggest stumbling block you heard mike wallace i was watching one, one of uh, one of the other media outlets in town last night when they when he stood up in the gallery and said it, they can't some developers can't afford it because right. of the interest rates the smaller ones so we have to look at what opportunities are there i don't know what those opportunities could look like but it's a conversation that needs to be well, had Well, i think provincially aren't they kicking aren't they going to kick up a new organization out there an infrastructure yeah, bank an infrastructure. if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah and, and I, that's a good thing yeah i can't remember if it was you said elizabeth at the meeting correct me if i was wrong but it might have been uh when we were talking about that donation to Indwell, uh it was said at the the meeting surrounding what was going on at 50 king uh the 600 grand to Indwell now helps us more than an uh 80 market rate unit in 2035 or 2045 I can't remember who was you, but either way, it I wasn't that, me. Yeah, uh. but but I think it's true though. Whereas, like, okay, I'll take I'll take like yeah, we I need, need we I need, need housing now. now. Yeah. yeah, I need money now. I yeah. need shovels in the ground now. Right, I need. And if the that helps, housing spectrum. Yeah, addressed. and if that helps Indwell yeah. get another building in London, and I know that I was there with you and I were there at the news conference together, Ryan, mm-hmm. and I, when Indwell had their building uh, open up uh, sort of in the East End there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that six hundred grand doesn't build a whole building, obviously. No, it does not. But it helps. Well, and about yeah. that six hundred grand too. What what is actually getting lost is the fact that a lot of communities where developers do this, they don't actually give that money until condos are right. sold. Yeah. Ali Sufan, the owner yeah, of York Development, he's promised publicly yeah. that as soon as he, as soon as the uh, site plan approval is granted. He, so there's two buildings there. So if they if they do both at the same time or if they do one at a time, he will advance the money as soon as site plan approval happens. So before they're even anyone's yep. in them, yeah. he's, he, so he's putting that out of pocket really because they're not going to. There's people who aren't going to be in there for a couple of years. Those are big, yeah. Because you hear towers. that too, like oh, once somebody is in and it's occupied, yeah. then I will do X. Yeah. Right. But no, this is up front of like once this is rubber stamped. At least they're building. I yeah. look across the street and I think. Mm. Yeah, Lots of look signs. away. There, Lots of signs. There, no building. Well, oh yeah, there is a, someone that owns a, some there buildings is. across mm-hmm. the street. Uh, I will say, say this. Uh, I know that there is a conversation about a building going up that we'll be able to see out this window in uh, in not too long if that particular process goes forward. And I just hope that it does. I hope that we continue to see cranes uh, in the sky, shovels in the ground, all those terms because those things are needed in the city of London. So, Craig, if I could just before, yes. just uh, about the mayor too, I think one thing that's going to be, in, uh, he's going to have to focus on in the next three years of his term is that yep. he's going to have to really show uh, developers, not just the developers we have here, but the developers outside our community, that London is a place to come and build buildings. Yeah. London is a place to come and build more homes. We need to. We don't. Though our developers are unbelievable, and and they're and and they do a lot of good building, and, and they build a quality product, and we we actually are we are the epicenter. A lot of people don't know for uh, rental buildings. Actually, like London, Ontario, per capita, yeah. we are we are the best when it comes to rental high rises. Um, and so that we're doing a great job, but we can't. They can't keep up. We need we need to bring more people in. We need to make sure that more people are building in this market as well. And that's that's going to be on the mayor. The mayor showing that. 
with his council colleagues that we have a we have motivation uh, to 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 bring you here. We want to make it easier for you to build and invest your money in uh, in London, and that's why I was I was pleased to see the mayor talk about the two highest towers that some people were fighting tooth and nail to mm-hmm. to stop. Where he was saying that this is the envy of other communities. Mayors are stopping him, saying, "I wish they were building it in my community." We need to show that we can do it here, so that more come and invest here. So you don't think they're too big, eh? I, I, I wish that's they were another just, 50 stories, to be quite honest just, with you. That's just a shot at a counselor that would say they're too big. It's God, not. you know, the problem is London is very small-minded, right? And then you've got those comments, and you think, what the and, hell? And can I just, and I, and I just have to say this, and and, and look, I know that he, he's taken a lot of heat over the years, and, and deservedly so on some things, not so deservedly so on other things. Joe Fontana, when he was the mayor of London, was Mr. Big Ideas. We want to do yeah. big things. We want to do big stuff. We want to do big gr- stuff. And, and I love that. Yeah, that was what too. I thought was what's the best thing about Joe Fontana being mayor of London. When the big things across the street from where Joe lives and all of a sudden it's too big. Uh, that like, yeah, but that's, that's that was ridiculous. That's come on, Joe. And, and Joe, I know you hear yeah. this podcast sometimes. That Joe, come on, yeah, be, that, be be reasonable. Well, it yeah. was when you when you saw the names of the people, you go, "Oh, come on, guys, yeah. what are you drinking?" Um, <laughs> I mean, Joe's idea for the McCormicks. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry, Kellogg's. 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 He was that's, one of the driving a, forces behind that, that. that, and that's, that's been an incredible project. It sure has. It's yeah. been amazing. I was there when they were uh, a couple of weeks ago. I brought my son when we were looking through where the the new children's museum is going to be. Right. It looks like it looks like it's going to be incredible, and yeah. and they've got some really good people working there. And uh, uh, shout out to Bill Tucker, who I think is one of the finest public servants London's ever had. Yeah, uh, he's part of the project. Like it's 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 really great. Um, and, and Joe was like a driving force behind that because it was a big, cool project. Yeah, but then someone wants to do something big across the street from where he lives, and all of a sudden it's too big. Like, it's, oh, come it's, on, it's man. A, it's a yeah. building of, of too many friends. Yeah. Well, you know, it is. We need to get rid of the London small-minded man, yeah. small mentality. We need to realize we're not a small town anymore. We are a big city with big city problems and big city ambitions, and we need to act like one. Uh, and if we don't, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be a mess. Yeah. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree with that entirely, and I think that we're doing a good job of that right now in this moment. I, I really, I, I really think we are. Uh, I want to talk about another thi- uh, conversation from uh, the council floor this week, and that was uh, a debate we had about help for business improvement associations in some parts of the cities, but not so much other parts of the city. Sean Lewis and Hadley McAllister wanted to see help for the homelessness issue for BIAs in Argyle and Hamilton Road. So those that those are in their wards and they're they're going for that for help within their wards. That's fine. Other counselors were hoping for similar stuff didn't quite work out that way. Is this something that you think that we should be spending money on? Like clearly there's an issue here, but is spending money by giving it to BIAs the way to make that happen, do you think, Cheryl? I don't think you can throw any more money at it. Um, yeah, the problem is, is, is to me, that's a decision made. I, and I use this analogy. That's cooking popcorn in, in a frying pan without a lid. Because what, what you've got to do, if you've got to concentrate, how do you get the best bang for your buck? Because we really, I mean, Elizabeth can attest to that. Uh, uh, when she said, made the comment, we're going to blow by 4 by 4.4 in the budget. We know that. There's a lot of spending. There's a lot of need in the community. Stop spreading it. it. It it isn't effective. And if it's like if it's it's almost like a panacea here. Take this, and you know go and do something nice about it. I don't think it's a good idea. I really don't. Yeah. You, you voted for this. I did. What was the reasoning for that? I did. Um, I appreciate that I was approached beforehand and had already gone out and seen the issues and heard from other business owners of just 
what they're seeing of like window replacements they're doing and yeah garbage and just and, and it's a lot. if you own a business and you have to replace a smash window every couple of months i understand that would be very and if very you can get someone to come in a timely manner to even do yeah. that window replacement right um so looking forward to long-term solutions and through the proper business cases and the multi-year budget process and i said i counsel i don't like doing these one-offs this yeah. close because it's going to have people pulling what they want to champion and trying to get the money before the budget comes and getting what they want and not being as invested perhaps in the process. I will say that um, I didn't make these comments at council and maybe I'm a little bit, fight- maybe it's hangry today. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but that's what I like here. So but, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, um, I will comment as well that there was a vote that failed for a BIA. In uh, the Northwest end of the city. Yep. Yeah. Um, so for me, when we were talking about the East end having an unfair percentage of people they're trying to service and for homelessness and what those businesses are trying to thrive through, I heard it, supported it. For the other end, who was just before us a few weeks prior, who said, you need to understand, we're wealthy in this area. Mm-hmm. We yep. moved away from the homeless people. <laughs> we, we pay don't enough have taxes them. to be away from homelessness. And I was which, like, which, why <laughs> am I paying, or would I consider giving extra money to this BIA mm. when the other residents already showed up and said, we don't have this problem here, nor do we want that problem problem here yeah so for me i'm I like that's totally nope. fair yeah that was t- that was totally sucking and blowing on that application you know exactly why she did it but one of the things to, uh, Suck and blow. I, I, heard a, I heard a news commentator say that yesterday and I thought, oh god I'm call <laughs> people Sam. are taking your, your catchphrases <laughs> uh, but i i think part of it is is sort of the generalities uh, we're going to give you the money to do this, maybe this, you can do this. I mean, I, like, I love a plan. Okay, this is what we're going to do is we're going to um, help you install windows. We're going to loan you some money. Like, the, that. There's like, where's the payback, right? Everybody experiences problems when you're in, 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 in downtown, and it's been a constant. There's no plan. Just give us the money, and we'll divvy it out to make people happy. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. I get, though, so when Sean and Hadley hear from the business improvement uh, areas in their ward and they say, look, we've, we've got a real problem here. Can yeah. you help us out? Like, I understand why they say, so do hey, I. yeah, let's, let's, we, let's yeah. Hold, see what we can do for you. Right? So, yeah. so, Craig, I think, I think it's twofold, right? So in terms of if you want to look at it from retail politics, kudos to the two councillors for, you know, uh, mm-hmm. representing their constituents and, and fighting for it in terms of, in terms of like as Cheryl said, good policy. If we're looking at it from that side, mm-hmm. I would argue that I don't know if I would support it. And what I'd say is, because I actually agree with Cheryl, I think a more of a like a general full citywide fund. For instance, let's just say addressing broken windows uh, for businesses, because that's a significant problem in the downtown. Yeah, I yeah, hear yeah. I hear it all the time, yeah. um, constantly. Like I, I one business that I frequent often, they're, they're, they they had it um, last year. Their windows broken five times within a span of like three months. Like, mm-hmm. and we're talking. That's thousands of dollars. We, yeah, we we had our campaign office back um, two elections ago. We had someone uh, throw something through the window to... to it wasn't politically motivated or anything. They just wanted something in the office that they, got, right. you know, that they that they got uh, an old computer monitor. Fill fill your boots. I'm sure it was worth five dollars. <laughs> but I, 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 we had to replace the window. The window was nine hundred and fifty dollars, and that was and that was four uh, four years ago, right? Yeah. So I think that the fact is is that those 
those are hitting their bottom lines, especially your mom and pop shops quite hard. So I'd rather have a general fund. So if it happens in the east, uh, northwest, south, center of the town, that people can apply into that. And then we can track, of uh, is this making an impact? Do we have enough money? Because I'm sure that's the first thing Elizabeth's saying, whoa, hold on a second. Like, you know, that's another budget item I have to look at. But I think then it's at least fair and everyone can access it. Or do we look at giving people, you know, I don't know, city of London dollars or something they can use and they can put back right back into the business. I I, I don't know. I'm not saying that's a great idea, but I think no, that I if it's fair, that. that you can spread around to everyone. there's homelessness issues throughout the city. Of course there And are. being a South End counselor, I don't, would love to have one. Wasn't planning on starting one myself, but I don't have like a Wellington Road BIA area. Yeah. Um, so if there's no BIA, there's no extra help mm-hmm. when stuff like that comes. So a program like that would allow everyone equally to... Yeah, it's less about the BIA and more about Cheryl's, you know, Cheryl's flower shop and, and, yeah. Eliz- and Elizabeth's auto mechanic that, you know, that they can apply in simple and make it simple. City Hall, simple. simple. Nice. You know, you send a picture, you send an invoice and boom, we we pay 80 percent or, or, or what have you. Kind of like a benefit program almost. Yeah, so you're, you're stepping into the, the area that no counselor ever wants to go. <clears throat> you hit a pothole, you lose your tire. And then you put a claim in, God bless you. you Fair enough. Get. You know, that, that's, that's a whole another situation. The, other, the only thing I worry about is don't tell me you're going to hire staff. With that money, don't tell me you're going to hire. Because that's a one-off. That's right. And you're going to need to pay that staff and in the future. I don't yeah. want the money to go to a staff. Yeah. Yeah. How's that I don't want an ambassador staff. I don't want Now, that. the hope would be, hope, is that we are going to at least somewhat with hubs and a few other things that we're doing limit the issues that come from homelessness and i don't want to be very clear that i'm not sitting here and telling you that every single person who is homeless is out there smashing windows because i know that's not true because if it was every window in the city would be smashed because we've got thousands of people who are homeless very sadly uh however the, maybe if we get some of the most the folks with the most acute needs off the street and to someplace else, maybe we see a few less of these windows get smashed. This is not something you have to do every single year. Again, perhaps I'm being a little pie in the sky there, mm. but I, I I would suspect that would be, at least be part of the hope and part of the conversation. Yeah, but we're too early in the hubs. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We don't know yet. We no. don't know yet, and I don't no. think anyone knows yet. I think this no. the plan we've got is as good as we're going to do, but I don't know if anyone knows for sure that this is going to be. The plan. Uh, last thing I want to say on this before we wrap up here. Uh, so there's about $2 million in total and a million dollars, uh, a little over a million went to the Downtown Business Association and a half mil went to Old East Village uh, Business Improvement. Uh, I, I, I get that your criticism that, you know, we don't necessarily want the BIAs to be, you know, doling out this cash or, or, or putting up this money. But like, what, doesn't that make some level of sense as far as a, an administrator of these funds go if there isn't a citywide fund right now? Or would you just say, just throw the whole two mil into the citywide fund right now is what you're saying? Well, I, first of all, have a plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this this seat of the pants spending over $2 million is, is really tough for me to digest after hearing Elizabeth, I mean, it, it's nice or it's necessary. Is We have to start looking at things. That I, I think that one could classify this as necessary, though, do if they you? wanted. Don't think so. No, I, well, not necessarily the way the money is going out the door, but businesses do need help with this stuff right now. Like, I, I, I think that we can put that into as a necessary. Can we not? And again, I don't want to fix windows for Walmart. I don't want to fix windows for Home Depot. No, like, they've, they've got the cash. They're fine. But the mom and pop shops, like Ryan was talking about, 
the small businesses, and they're the ones that are in the, the BIAs for the most part, right? No, they're all in oh, okay. uh, because they pay a levy. Don't yes. forget they pay right. a levy. So if the downtown wants to assist them, then shave off some of the levy through the city of London, give it back to them and say to them, this is your the insurance that you can spend on windows. You know, there's ways to do this without taking general dollars. From to, to, the tax base. That's right. Craig, and, no. you know, I've got things in the tax base that we want. That's not one. Well, I think um, uh, Cheryl said it well and... and I won't speak for Elizabeth because I know she has like a monumental task in front of her the next few months with the budget. But I I personally think as a Londoner that we have to move back to what Cheryl just said for the next four years as to what is absolutely necessary. Like what is the priority? For me, I I personally see three things as a priority. Public safety. And when I say public safety, I say police, fire, EMS. Um, uh, The next one would be uh, mental health and addiction. And the third one would be homelessness. And, And I think that if we... If we are looking at things, and, and to an extent, there's there's some some issues that need to be addressed. That we could probably do a whole pod, podcast on when it comes to transit and paratransit. But I would say that everything else f- within this four year cycle is is basically going to kind of kind of become a nice to have because at the end of the day, she, uh, Elizabeth is going to be looking at probably something in the tune of a fourteen to eighteen percent tax increase with yeah. I, I, God knows probably eighty one business cases that she has I've I've heard or something like that so a lot um, uh, so yeah. it is it is uh, it is. Um, it's gonna. You're be, gonna have to say no to some stuff that would be really cool to do. But I, I think, think I think we have to say no. But I have to push it a step further. I think we have to say no to stuff that just isn't necessary. It might sure. be really cool. Yeah, but I, is it necessary? It would be really great to do. Yeah, it'd be great and it make a it make a stronger city. I get it. But is but, it is it necessary right now? Ryan, <laughs> the first one I agree with you. When we start stepping into provincial and federal dollars, mm-hmm. I get so pissed off because. I heard somebody from Queen's Park saying, look at London. They're taking care of their homeless and their mental health. That's not our job. Yeah, I'm doing your we job. Can't, yeah. We cannot afford to provide those last two, mental health, uh, addiction, and homelessness. We can't afford them out of our tax base. Right. We don't and, have options. No, but we can afford you, to do something. We can afford yeah. to do something. I'm just like saying, be a, I'm, I'm saying be a partner in it, right? So, right. for instance, whether it, whether it's whether it's trying – because the province, as you know, with the hub – and this is going to be a, this be a whole podcast. We could talk about this, but the hub model, the province is not going to fund all the operations no. of it. Just like the federal Neither government the can't Fed fund nope. the, the the feds don't fund uh, operations. Period. But but they won't be able to fund all the capital needed for all the supportive housing. Right. Right. So what I am saying is that the city is going to have to be some sort of a player in that. Cheryl, I'm not saying the the main player. I'm just saying a they're going to have to be a supporting cast and directing programs to supporting mental those. health is not. We can't take it on. No, we, we, we can't. We don't could, build could, hospitals. But, we don't hire correct. Nurses. But could this could the doctors. city could the city put money in to get uh, more hubs off off the ground if that's what the council believes is the plan? I think they can. I'm not saying that they need to be right. funding the whole mental health strategy. Not at all. Please, please don't and, misconstrue my comments. Is that? But I think I think they they need to. They're going to have to right now since we have a crisis. I think if they just say this is a provincial problem on this and that's a federal problem on that, I think we'll be waiting. A long time and the problem will just get worse but but once you pick it up and put it in your pocket you own it so once the city takes over that if if i was a province or the feds i'd say oh look at those stupid municipalities we don't have to do and and i will say this thing. Uh, I know that uh, Councillor Trosso is not someone that you two would see eye to eye on a lot of things politically <laughs> however last week here on this very roundtable he said 
look, the way that the cities and municipalities in this province are funded by the property tax base is simply not no, I fair. heard them. Yeah, you would. I know I you mean, would agree with him on that. It's, yeah. Well, it's the same course. We've been mm-hmm. singing it for years. He just He's just all of a sudden jumped in. Um, but we can't. Like, I'm, I implore Elizabeth not to get involved in mental health. But I don't, I don't know if what the, the current hubs model, mm-hmm. I don't think is us getting involved in no. mental health. No, the province is, pay, the yeah. province is paying the operating funding. We're some paying, of it. Yeah. Some of it. Yeah. Like, the, no, not to the level that the, right. that the city's going to yeah. need, like, right? So. Why are you partnering with the hospital? Yeah. Hallelujah. That's the right partnership. Um, because well, YOU is the gold standard, right? Like their YOU is absolutely fantastic. And I know you're on the board and it's tough and I'll say it over here. YOU is the gold standard. So yes. But the, the fact is we're actually working with them now because what happens is once the kids get picked up and they get into the mental health facility, they day out and then they open the door and say bye and best luck. Well, we're there to pick them up to ensure that the best luck is being involved with you. Mm-hmm. So the partnership is there, but we're going to solidify it through the hub. So that's the kind of partnership that works locally and healthcare mm-hmm. from the from the province. So those kinds of things, that's a direction we got to be going. The hubs have to push for partnership with uh Fed and provincial dollars. But what if there's not enough, I guess, is what I'm asking, right? Like, I, I'm not they saying that they end. should be... I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, like, I enjoy my front row seat between you two. Maybe <laughs> <there's> <laughs> the end. Yeah. Um, I think we come back to the same thing, that municipal tax, property tax is regressive. Right. Yes. Um, absolutely. But in the end, we all recognize it's one single taxpayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Londoners are on the hook regardless and if the province and the feds aren't coming to our rescue they're not our knights in shining arbor or to the full extent we need them to be and London they're still saying you need to do this now which they're saying which they are saying Mm -hmm. and it's the point of who's going to step up and be good partners like you who's going to do the work that needs to be done until it can work and then residents calling on there's always another election coming Mm -hmm. of you need to bring that money back to London and fund this model. Mm-hmm. I am also hopeful. I've seen the police budget request media the last few days on that. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, and I will say that some residents have already reached out of, you know, whatever the police want, give it to them. And I will also say you cannot police our way out of poverty. Mm-hmm. You can't police our way out of mental health. Mm-hmm. And you can't police homeless people into homes. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely, the queue is long. I'm aware of the wait times. I've done my ride along. That, and I know we're short under staff per capita, not questioning that. But if Londoners are hoping that's our bandage, fix everything, that is the bandage. That is not the underlying issues for a lot of people right. that are driving these problems. And the budget discussion is going to be very difficult, realizing some councillors are already in favor of backfilling things that I don't believe should be backfilled because they're or not certainly completely unless we're leveraging other money and right. guilting them into stepping up um and it's going to be the talk of the nice to house versus the needs to have like mm-hmm. where does the arts fall in this the museums right. the library like and those are also essential services for some people too who yeah. use those services absolutely they yeah. are yeah and, I, and it's not going to be a po- it's not going to make me popular in saying this <laughs> like and, and, I'll, and i'll be honest but i think for the next four years for this multi-year budget they may be left behind in terms of getting increases from what they currently yep. have. Yep. And, and that is really unfortunate. Hold as someone line. as someone who is a, a father with two young children that uses the library all the time, I feel for what they're asking for. That said, I would say, and obviously I have a con- like a, 
like a conflict on this topic because I'm a member of the police services board. Um, but I think that, that the fact is that we have to remember that if we do have a stronger police force, if we do have more, if we if we can give that that to your your constituents who called you, if we can give that feeling of safety back, that is a, that is a foundational principle of our society and of our city, and will make an immediate impact and improve things. Is it the only answer, Elizabeth? No, I'm Absolutely. not. I'm not. That yep. would be, be foolish to say that. But it's something that we need now. Like and. Uh, I, Craig, we're probably out of time. I can no, go we're through. Not. Oh, okay, because I because I can say I I do want to I do want to talk about this a little bit. Yeah, and and you you've you've got your case, and I know that it's not your position to. No, and argue I don't speak. I don't, speak, I for the, I don't yeah. speak for the. I don't speak for the board. I'll yeah. leave that to our chair, Ali Chabar. But yeah. I'll speak as a Londoner, right? When I look at the fact that we are the uh, that we have the second worst um, uh, police officer v population ratio in in yeah. the province, it makes me sick. When I look at the fact that. You know, Cheryl, you may have been on council at the time when when the po- when the police brought a budget ask and they were chastised on the council floor and said, "Don't you dare ever bring us uh, a budget like that again." It wasn't by you, but it was by someone. Who, um, I think one of them is on your board. Uh, me, I, I don't know. Uh, but, <laughs> I do. But, I was there. But but I, but I I will say that it used to it used to be a it used to be a the, the, a badge of honor that the London police did more with less. And the can was kicked down the road for decades. And now we're paying the piper. And we have to ask ourselves, what type of city do we want? And I want a safe city. I And more importantly, I want a basic thing. When I call 911, I want the police to come. Or I want, when my as I've had happen, when I have a family member lying on the floor, I want the ambulance to come. That is not happening right now sometimes. Right. Sometimes we're in code zero. And when if my house is burning, I want fire to come. And so we need to make sure that those foundational uh, uh, principles in our society, safety, are upheld and are supported. And it's unfair that Elizabeth and the council now is dealing with neglect from decades. But the, the reality is we're at a fork. We can either go one no, way off point, a cliff. 11.6%, Ryan, though, that's a big that's a sticker shock number. Well, there's no question about yeah. it, but I think I think we're seeing all budgets across the board with sticker shock numbers, yeah. uh, Craig. And the fact of the matter I, is, is is that we when can't you, raise taxes by eleven. You mentioned the name of Joe Fontana before, yeah. and I know Joe well, and and uh, you know I I've, I've spoken to him many times, and I see him I, I see him from time to time as well. But the fact of the matter is, when we go back to that zero percent freeze, we're still paying the bills so because did of Anne that. So Marie do zero no. oh, percent oh, for oh, two years. I, and I, I'm not just I'm not picking yes, I am did. not picking on one council. No, it goes back it goes back a far. A long time. Well, I wasn't on council with, with Joe, but I was on <laughs> council with Anne Marie. Um, you you're not the Omer's holiday oh, was yeah, a yeah, missed yeah, opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Um the you're not gonna catch up, first of all. And I think part of the problem is you gotta start looking policing differently. Like when you're Which bringing civilians in and you're having them going to um, deal with, with homelessness and having them deal with talking to people who have been robbed, like you got to start looking at them differently. The other thing you have to work out there is how many are off um, on leave. Mm-hmm. Those, those are a paid employee that are staying on the payroll and they're not doing their function. So the other guys are covering for them. So I think there's a We also have to ask why they're out on leave, Cheryl. Well, like, like, and why are they, like, why? Is it PTSD? What? Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, we have to fix that problem because it'll just be a, a perpetual mm-hmm. cycle of people, go, of people going off. But you're not going to fix it this year. No, fair enough. But so, so you're right, but we need to start. That's At right. At some point, Agreed. you need to start. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, last thing on this, uh, uh, Elizabeth, I don't know how much you've looked at it, but when I say sticker shock number, was that a sticker shock number for you? 11.6% in, the, in just year one? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, 
and I and I get we do our budgets the same way you have you know front loaded and then it yeah d- it goes down over over the years for the multi year budget. Um, my questions I haven't reached out to um, the police chief or, or, or the Ryan. board. Yep. Um, <laughs> but you know my questions my are the same. Of having read the article of like you should maybe start turning it off. But um, <laughs> you know the people who are on stress leave like how many could come back sooner than later, knowing that we are investing in them to get yeah. them back to work on the queue. Yeah. Realizing that 89 police officers, if we can get them, how much of it is coming from the London Police College, or like the police college who, where London has reserved seats versus how much we're we trying to acquire from other areas. I, I tend to call it poaching, incentivizing, Experienced police officers. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, of that means versus how many are, you know, I had a resident ask, like how many are out on disciplinary action that we're still paying for? And I said, like, I, I don't know. I don't have an HR report of this is how mm-hmm. many is active full time, you know, about to retire, you know, how many are new um, versus experienced. Like, it would be an interesting report. It could be out there. Maybe it come, more information comes forward in the budget case. Um, and that's, you know, I, I said it at council the other night, and I'll say it here that I'm encouraging every counselor as we move through this process to always be open for convincing and new information as other people are meeting with us one-on-one behind the scenes to make their case like don't fully commit to anything it needs to be a public transparent process the number the dates are just coming out of the city's staff doing their budget outreach there's a public participation meeting in january we get into the talks in february and the budget's not done to march so like please speak up like for the residents this is their money and their vision for the city of where they want us to go in the next four years like let us know what's important i've met with some met with some nonprofits who are involved with some potential budget cases coming forward and i said if there's other groups out there who has manpower or public funding and donors who could make some of this happen let me know, because that changes the way I look at the business case, that if all of a sudden I only need 20% of that money to make it happen, because you can bring the other 80 to the table, I'm a lot more receptive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, a very interesting spot to leave that. I do want to ask about one more thing that will be budget related, and that's the idea of getting London's high school students, and St. Thomas as well, onto public transit as opposed to having them take a yellow bus to school. And there's a conversation surrounding that at the Thames Valley to the school board right now. I think this is a good idea on a lot of levels. For starters, I would rather pay LTC, I'd rather the board pay LTC than I would yellow school bus companies. Secondly, I like the idea of high school students getting LTC experience and having a bus pass. Cheryl, okay. you're, you've been on the board. You're shaking your head at me right now. I, I'm sh- I know this has been talked about before. What do you think of this I, idea? When I was on the school board, yep. and you'll laugh about this, Vic Cote was head of the LTC. Right. And I, uh, I reached out to him and I said to him, I want to talk to you about student fees. I think we have to start teaching kids to take public transit. If we drive them everywhere or we put them on the, the yellow bus, then they never know or understand how you, you use public transit. Um, so what I'm asking you for is I'm asking you to look at student fare. Um, absolutely not. He would not, wouldn't even entertain it. And, I, and he said the cost would be um, this uh, so much more. And I said, do you pay the driver per person on your bus? No, we don't. 
Well, I said, well, how the hell is it going to go up? So we got into a real conflict, and I was pissed off at him, put it mildly. And then I get elected to the school, to the city hall, and Vic Cote is in charge of planning. So I go into the first planning meeting, and I go over to him, and I said, look, you know, we've been on rocky ground for years. So I went, spit on my hand, I said, shake, let's start over. Um, But that's how long ago we talked about it. I know that if you're going to teach students to become good transit users, you got to start young. Mm-hmm. And they're going to do it in the high school, which is a great opportunity. Some of the boards are doing them from grade 9 on. So there's there's opportunities, and I think the talks are really overdue and well worthwhile. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Um, from an idea point of view, I think it's great. From a from a reality and, and implementation point of view, right now, I think it's going to be a problem, and, and I'll tell you why. Um, I, I know with LTC right now, I've, I've had conversations with various people from LTC, from board members to the GM, and I, I know... They don't have enough buses on the road right now. Um, we have a problem with service hours right now. We have a problem right in front of the studio with buses going by that are full. So I I, I like the idea, but I'm just wondering how. And I and I truly don't if know we the can answer. Find the buses. Yeah, exactly. Is it practical to add that surge to the to the system? And can they handle it? Because yeah. the last thing we need grade is a grade nine? nine student standing out on the corner and the bus going by repeated times, and then they're you know an hour late for mm-hmm. for class. Because then it then it all falls apart yes. right what i will say to that is i don't think this is going to be something where we flick a switch this no, is going no. to be a Long hey term. it'd be it'd be cool yeah. if we did this in 2028 type of should yeah. we engage yeah. in a conversation yeah absolutely yeah. cheryl is bang on and you know what cheryl you talk about teaching kids that's what my, my mom did my mom gave me a bus ticket when I was in high school and she's like, if I, my mom, uh, you know, my mom, my dad traveled a lot for work and my mom was a nurse and sometimes they couldn't drive us to school if we missed the bus. Here's how you know where to get to. Right. So I agree with you. I think we should be teaching kids how to use public transit and introducing it to them so it's not this foreign concept and maybe something that they would look at taking in their everyday lives when they get into the uh, uh, working field and, and maybe not buy a car. But I think that the the problem is is that, that we need to have a conversation now to your point, Craig, for five years out mm-hmm. and, and see whether or not it's practical, whether it's affordable. And then frankly, yes, if we can get away from school buses, why not? Maybe that'll be then be easier for the primary uh, kids yeah. that can then t- take those extra school buses. Get right. it done just in time for our kids to be in high school. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, being a parent of three, yeah. uh, I guess one's now in university, but he did take um, the city bus. Uh, as the school bus wasn't an option for him as he went to Central and it was not our designated school. Mm-hmm. So he did have to rely on the uh, public transit. Um, he has a very, and had a very different usage of public transit. He would use it to go rock climbing, go see friends in the North End, go see a movie um, when, you know, at Masonville, even though we lived in the South End. Whereas the second child who rides the yellow school bus does not yeah. have that relationship no. with public transit. And that's to be expected. It wasn't ingrained in them. I would say for us, um, we were lucky that we could afford the extra LTC bus Bus tickets for everyone, not so much. So it's a barrier. I um, have already met with Lorianne Pizzolatto, chair of the school board. You know, and absolutely, if your kid misses the bus, you might not be home. You don't have the money. Then all of a sudden, it's late absenteeism could potentially affect graduation rates. But there's a way to do it without them having to have the money. For a bus pass to get on LTC to take you to school yes because you're paying if you if you're weaning off the yellow buses it's a significant amount of dollars yes so no, i'm talking like right now yeah yeah no um so i'm fully in support of the change 
I'm also in favor of one school system instead of all buses. Hey, going me in too. So am I. I love that idea. But I'll raise one flag. It come I'll, up I'll sit in the corner over here. I know. Yeah, it's That's a cow. I know. Put you in the corner. Um, <laughs> They're looking at me. Uh, <laughs> not me. Yeah. <laughs> so it came up at SPPC the other day as London Transit presented the report. And part of that report came up of our secondary school pass, like um, the post-secondary. So the university and colleges, and um, they're actually not paying their fair share of transit passes. They can only raise the pass so much per year. Because um, once you hit a threshold, it triggers campus policy stuff and a revision of it. So my concern going to this too is to make sure that it's great. How is, is the school board giving back the fair amount of money mm-hmm. to cover the students who would be using LTC, paying LTC drivers, LTC mechanics, LTC buses. Like, how is that money going to be collected and distributed to make sure that Londoners aren't having extra pressures but can enjoy increased bus service? We can't be subsidizing. Um, yeah. yeah. We just, we, we can't. And but to the point about the city is, you know, the city's not in the position to do that, right? So I We're think We're doing that, that now, know. though. Don't mm-hmm. forget, you're paying the yellow buses. You're paying for the drivers. Mm-hmm. You're ta- paying for the buses. You're paying for the mechanics. So you're already doing that. But I think if Western, if if Western and Fanshawe are not paying their full pop, then I don't care if it affects their policy. They need they, to fix they, it. They need to f- 100%. Not, I'm not subsidizing them. Trust me. That's I subsidize them a variety of other ways, but. If they're not getting the full pop, then the LTC needs to go after them. Well, and in the conversations, I think, Craig, you said about having the conversations now, that's where the system has to be established. And maybe a whole review needs to be done mm-hmm. on on uh, schools, whether it be university, mm-hmm. college, high school, using the bus, what that looks like in the model and, and the fee structure and how much a pass is going to cost and when it should be used, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think that needs to be looked at. And, and I will say, I find it very interesting on your show, Craig, time and time again, we're, we're talking about ideas that Cheryl Miller talked about 20 years ago. <laughs> it seems like all roads come back to Cheryl. Closer, so closer so maybe, maybe she wants to run for mayor in a, in a few years. Who knows? <laughs> oh, God, but, I know. Uh, <laughs> you know, Tom Gosman always said, never say never. Uh, we got we to gotta wrap it up. There. The last thing I will say, though, on that is that the provincial gas tax formula, as it currently stands, if you are if the school board is buying bus passes, that goes into the gas tax formula. If you're giving out free bus passes, it doesn't. That is a relevant part of this. So yes, school board, please buy a ton of bus passes. Right. Uh, we'll uh, wrap up this edition of the Friday Roundtable right there. Thank you so much to Cheryl and to Elizabeth and to Ryan for, for doing the show with us this week. Of course, you can find the Craig Needles podcast at classicrock981.com and londonnewstoday.ca, plus wherever it is you like to get your podcast. The Craig Needles podcast is brought to you by Clearview Autoglass. With a bit of bad luck, your windshield took one for the team and you've got to get it replaced. The good luck is you've got Clearview Autoglass. Certified in OptiAIM Lane Departure Camera Calibration Service, Clearview Autoglass will replace your windshield quickly and safely to ensure the integrity of your vehicle. And they will submit your claim directly to your insurance company for you. Plus, they'll give you a $25 gift card. Don't just drive, enjoy the view with Clearview Autoglass. 540 Clark Road and ClearviewAutoglassLondon.ca. The Craig Needles Podcast is a presentation of the Blackburn Media Podcast Network.